Hey, everybody. We get a lot of questions uh, being, you know, semi-professional amateur wannabe podcast hosts that uh, also run track events and do some racing. We get a lot of questions from uh, from everybody in the track community and uh, stuff like, you know, what's the best part for the job, how to put my car together, uh, how to route harnesses, uh, what should I buy, helmet, suit, uh, Nomex, uh, anything, stuff like that. Uh, when it comes to safety gear, very, very serious questions, and uh, we, uh, we want to give you guys good answers. Uh, we'll send you over to our buddies over at OG Racing. If you got a track car, or race car, like most of our listeners, you should check them out. They're the best in the safety business. Um, they're friendly staff, incredibly well-versed in the products and the installations of the parts they sell. And they can assist you in not only purchasing safety gear for your car, but also answering questions or using or installing these things correctly. Uh, harnesses, nets, suits, helmets, shoes, and driver gear aren't all they sell. They also carry a, a huge array of trackside gear and car parts, scales, fuel cells, uh, gauges, uh, stuff like that. So if you guys need anything, if you've got any questions, uh, give them a call. Uh, super helpful staff, uh, been, been easy to deal with uh, in our experience, and really, really, uh, really a lot of experience there. Uh, 25 years in business, and... Probably hundreds of years combined experience in their staff, uh, racers themselves, and they're here to help. So give them a call, 800-934-9112, or check them out on the web, ogracing.com, uh, 800-934-9112, or ogracing.com, and tell them Slip Angle sent you. second track day that I ever went to uh, when I was getting a, a solo check ride from a different instructor wow. like the group actually had a different instructor sit in the car with you for your solo check ride than right, the instructor of that you had mm -hmm. they, they used to um, give that job to me a lot because I knew oh, yeah. I was a racer so yeah. I, but I used to get a lot of solo checkout rides yeah but he, he told me he said hey man like you're doing really well if you really want to excel go buy at the time it was you know trackmate was yep. was what a lot of people in texas were running so go buy a trackmate you'll be able to compare data you know with other people that are running similar cars mm -hmm. um and things like that and that will really help propel you forward so i went and bought a trackmate right out of the box and, 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 data system. <laughs> and that, that is a good point um you know you can learn a lot with having a data system yourself but also having a data system that either your buddies have or you can share with your buddies that is an extra level of power of having more data to look at, more yeah. more things to compare it to. Because even though you and your buddy may turn the same lap time, I bet you don't do it the same way. Yeah. yeah. No, it used to be uh, Jason Kohler and I, when we were both racing as 2000s, even though we were in different classes, we would share data files yep. back and forth. Like, you know, we'd run the same weekends, usually the same session, and then email files back and forth. It was really crazy. You could see when you compare them and you do the, you know, the, the no Delta. Can see your hands you could see, <laughs> sorry, I'm waving <laughs> my hands around. <laughs> You could see the delta He's in between the time differences. For us the, yeah, yeah. The air graphs. Very, very complex. Um, you know, but you'd, you'd really be able to see where the delta was, and you could see it if you got if I got a, a lot better run, like say out of the keyhole, you could see it just transition to larger and larger time yep. gap until the yep. end. And then Jason would break a little bit later than I would, and then it would shrink that gap down. It was it was really cool to see. Something else I learned um, when I started using data was that um, some small speed differences that you see in the data. Mm -hmm. you can't feel oh, yeah. in the car. Yeah. 
Um, you can't feel three seconds usually, you know, in some bigger tracks. Like you maybe feel a second or two, but you know. Well, sometimes for example, it really feels about the same. For example, especially if you're in a track environment. Three mile an hour in madness here at Mid Ohio, yeah. that's a tenth of a second. That's a lot. Yeah. Right? Mid corner speed, you're like your minimum mid corner speed, but you mm-hmm. can't feel that. Yeah. It's and about the same. Yeah. It feels the same. And like when I uh when I had the Z06 from from a street standpoint, I thought the heads up display was a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Right? Who needs it, right? But using the car on the track, awesome. Money. Beautiful, huh? Money. You can actually because see you cannot mid corner. You cannot look at an analog speedometer mid corner. Mm-hmm. And read three miles an hour. That, that's true. But on a speedometer to that, that goes next. to 160 or 180 or whatever that thing does, right? Well, it's you can't, accurate. You can't see it. Yeah. But when you had the heads-up display, you could know whether right you, it. you were yeah. at your target or not. That's what's next. AIM needs to develop a heads-up display. I, I don't doubt that something like that That'd is, be really cool. is something that is needed in the mm-hmm. market because you could really then start to link what you look at in the data analysis to what you're doing. Interesting. Then somebody because, would hack it and it would have... It would have Lines like Forza, mm-hmm. you know, and tell you when to break. And the uh, the ghost image, <laughs> yeah, GT4 yeah. ghost car in front of you <laughs> that you can chase, chase real time. Down. It, 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 does, it is weird how in the last 15 years it's became way more video game-esque. Yeah. It, you're out in California. You need to go talk to some people out there and, and make that happen. That'd be really fun, There's actually. There's people out there that could make That's that right. happen. That's right. Yeah. Head up to the Bay Area, hit some of those yeah, you, you'll, you'll end up replacing your whole windshield. Yeah, you got to have a little your bit whole of windshield a will have, area so you can yeah. have a pro- projection there. Or what if you just replace it with a TV with front-facing cameras all so around? Terrible. So you're not actually looking out. That'd you be weird. Shit right now. It's like driving yeah. a tank. Don't publish this. Don't publish this. <laughs> yeah. Cut this out of the recording. Yeah, it, uh, it it is strange how it's became so much more. You, like you can find that speed rather than just BSing in the paddock, thinking I think I'm you know as fast as you here. Faster you <laughs> What's there. great too is that is that you can be like oh you know somebody can be like oh I was hitting 145 on the back straight at Gingerman and be like. No, you weren't. Yeah, I got the data. <laughs> Show me the or, data. Or I was flat through here. Yeah, right. Yeah. So a lot of times you think you're flat, and you ain't flat. <laughs> you're, you're not, not flat. Yeah, yeah. You, you uh, you're trying as best you can, and you think you've done it, but until you have the data that shows you did it, you haven't done it. Yeah. yeah. No, the the it's it's a very interesting time. But, um, what to, going forward? What kind of stuff? Uh, do you have any ambitions? Like, I want to race this someday. I want to play with that. You know, um, I I've done a lot of front wheel drive. I've done a lot of real drive. Um, my preference is for rear-wheel drive just as being a little bit more challenging. Okay. Uh, but from that aspect, I really love running Enduros. Yeah? If I could run Enduros, nothing but Enduros all really? the time, I would totally choose to do it. Hmm. Um, a couple things about Enduros. One, I like the actual on-track stuff. Yeah. Right? You have a mix of classes. There's always stuff going on. You're never really by yourself. Yeah. Right? There's always something going yeah. on. Yeah. There's nothing more boring than being in a race and... You get separated from the pack or you're ahead of the pack or wherever you are in the field, right? Everybody's had races at some point where they feel like they're out there doing a it's D. It's a track day, yeah. It's a track day, right? And that's not why people go racing. So Enduros, you get a lot of cars on track, a lot of mixing up, faster, slower. I love that about Lemon stuff, especially. A lot of I, I've done a lot of chump. And Tons some people some people knock chump, but I love it. Tons I, c- of passing I could do fun. it all the time. Yeah, passing's fun. It's always fun. And there's definitely, you know, a group of people in chump that are a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. And... I'm probably in that camp. More serious than I am about my SEC race. Probably, yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, the other aspect of is a team event. Mm-hmm. Not only um, when you're on track, but the car prep and you know, a group of buddies hanging yeah. out, working together. I, I like working on cars. What I like more is working on cars with my friends. Yeah. I can do stuff in the garage, and, you know, it's somewhat rewarding. But it's a whole lot more rewarding when yeah. you've got your buddies in the garage yeah. with you doing stuff. I mean, it's a very social thing, which is it one is. thing we talk about on the show a lot. 
So yeah, that's why endurance racing is great. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because very rarely does one person ever do all the work. Yeah. The the problem, probably the hard part about my lemons racing was uh, our team was so spread out. So yeah, I that all, can be hard. I did all the work, and then they did, they had all the fun, and I was nervous in my session that I'd break it for them. And yeah, it, it was it was the most fun on track probably per minute. Like, yeah, this is just like and it's always so something different. going when, on. When you're so not different. driving, what are you doing? You're hanging out in the hot mm-hmm. pit with your buddies. Yeah. I didn't. And there's a race going on. When we got kind of serious about lemons, which there are people who are serious about lemons, um, I got a I little. I thought they penalized you if you got too serious about <laughs> yeah, lemons. They do, actually. Uh, I got. It's none uh, of that allowed. I got kind of just anxious. Like, it'd be a long period of, like, every time you go around, it's like, ah. You know, like, you just kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Like, made it another lap. Yeah, one more <laughs> lap. And, like, the last 15 minutes of the race that uh, we only won run, one lemons race which is kind of hard to do but like the last 15 minutes we had such a big gap it was like all right if we get to 12 minutes we won <laughs> actually you talk about people getting serious about um racing jump car racing i've got to give a shout out to the guys at spartan racing um i've done several races with them and they literally have one of the best prepared cars i've driven ever regardless of yeah. what it's prepared for yeah is the best handling car yeah, I've totally ever driven. Started. What was it? It's a uh, E36 four-cylinder BMW jump car. Like a 318? 318 or something? 318. Nice. Oh. It's stupid, stupid light. Yeah. Right? And gets over three and a half hours on a tank of fuel. <laughs> That's a stock capacity tank in Chump, right? I think Chump like is stock plus two gallons, gallons is That's the right. limit. That's so okay. they have a fuel cell set to okay. exactly that okay. down to the millimeter. Yeah. Volume calculation displacement stand. block. That's a long stand. Well, you're limited to two hours. Yeah. So oh, that's the, right, that's right. So the that's way they like do buttons. it, because, you know, in Chump, you're limited to a, a five-minute stop if you put mm. fuel in. So because they can go almost every other, they split their fuel window, and the first stop, driver change only, mm-hmm. in and out quick. Hmm. And then the next stop is a fuel stop. So even though that's because it's a four-cylinder car, it's not the fastest car that some of the bigger cars are. They always make up time because of the fuel strategy. So, yeah, they can make up, you know, five to seven, eight minutes Mm -hmm. per race just on the pit strategy. How light is the car? I think that's classified. Pretty light. (laughs) I'm not even sure I know the real number. And yeah. I'm definitely no. I can't say the number that I know. Yeah. So it's really light, though. Huh? It's really light. That's cool. <laughs> really light cars are really fun. Yeah. They, and they're they, easy on consumables, yeah. and for they, something like that, it's probably. I, I want to say after like 45 hours, they decided to change the brake pads. Just 45 hours. Just because they <laughs> thought they should <laughs> for preventative maintenance. They still had meat on the pads. Wow. Big big pet brakes or no stock. Wow. Stock brakes? That's really light car. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Good for them. They got it something figured out. That's an interesting way to do it. But, you know... It's really rusty. It's, a, it's, cool. a bunch of, it's a bunch of engineers, right? They all went to engineering school together, yeah, yeah. as you can imagine from the name where they went. But uh, Yeah, Spartans, yeah. Michigan State. So they all went to school together, and they put together a great car. It's a blast to drive. That's cool. And I, I look forward to driving those guys whenever I get a chance. And it's, you know, it's frequently a podium car. You don't see 318 force no. out there very often nope. in track day environment. Well, because normally it wouldn't be a competitive car. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really have a home to race. Yeah. It's stocked there really slow. Since there's so one guy you, running it in, like, TTD. Isn't he running one in NASA in a TT car? I have no idea. Like an e, I, don't, I forget. I remember looking at it and saying it was goofy, and he was running, like, 15-inch wheels on it, too. Yeah. On you have to the gearing. Oh, yeah. You need to for the gearing. Yeah. The, the TT rules are kind of cool. You just kind of, like, do whatever you want. And yeah, yeah, you got to run the smallest tire you can yeah. to help with the gearing on it. 
to make it faster. It's just because like, I remember one year Jeff Preston, you know, in twenty twelve was running like a one eighty five mm-hmm. on his Miata I, on a thirteen inch wheel. Well, so uh, that was that was really cool. Like David just, Whitener on, on our podcast, he was talking about their TT car. Oh yeah, and it's thirteen inch, you know, twenty inch tall tires, one eighty fives. Yeah, and it's terrible to drive, totally fast, <laughs> yeah. but just weird setups. It's cool when you when you open the hood on the Spartan car. There's an engine there. There's a radiator there, and there's like nothing. Just nothing You're like, else. How does this car even run? There's yeah. nothing there. Like it's bare minimum wires. It's everything's minimum. Mm-hmm. Although that's those are there's the coolest no, kind of no, cars. There's no brake booster. Yeah, manual brakes. No, no, manual brakes. They're the easiest cars to fix when there's not many things to break. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I really like you know less is more kind of cars. Um, I I tried it you know with a low budget and minimal effort you know the most I could put into it in STL and uh, it was still really fun. It's a good regional car, but it's I gotta go K twenty. K20. Spec rules are kind of appealing because, man, the money that's flown through some of these classes is nuts. I, it's, that, it's that's a, the other thing that's really race. attracted me to spec. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, you can spend a lot of me in spec. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can only get so much more. That's the thing, is it's the gains yeah. per dollar are a lot less. Everybody's got to have this, that, and this. Right. And the gains are a lot less. You can have the shot peen balance perfect one. Yeah. And maybe I get two more horsepower. You know? Yeah. Pro built everything by five motors. It's not as big of a gap as it would be for the same money in STL. Right. Yeah. You put sixty thousand dollars into something in STL versus this five thousand dollar build. Right. There's a gap. Yeah. Yeah. But not as much in Spec Miata. No. But yeah, that's that's what can be really good about uh, spec classes if if it's contained and you uh, avoid rules creep. Yeah. And you know that was one nice thing that Spec E30 had about coming out after Spec Miata. Was they were able to learn from a lot of uh, early Spec Miata mistakes. Yeah. You know, Spec Miata went through Intake of the Month Club. Spec Miata went through, <laughs> you know, $1,600 <laughs> clutches. Right? Really? Yeah, because for a while it was, you can put whatever you want in it. Really? I didn't know that. As long as it, like, I think, I don't I don't know for sure because I didn't run the class, but I want to say as long as it engaged the, engaged the stock starter, it was legal at one point. Really? So there were Spec so have, with four-inch clutches and stuff. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they'd have a big ring gear and it'd all be machined yeah. out yeah. just so they could engage the stock ring gear, right? For the rules, they're like push-starting so it. So I think yeah. I think they kind of pulled Seriously some of that stuff probably. back over the years. But literally, there used to be – there was a few years, especially like when um, Spec Miata first went pro, mm-hmm. when they were doing pro Spec Miata. Um, especially in those years, like literally every month, somebody else was coming like the new hot part. Like, yeah. oh, you've got to have this exhaust system. Oh, you've got to have yeah. this intake. And that's just crazy. It's not good for competition. And it's not good for yeah. people. It's fun for a couple of changes, and you're like, wow, that's really cool. And then it's all of a sudden like, I don't have any more money. Yeah. This is annoying. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be interesting this year because, um, you know, now basically it's very hard for the 1.6-liter Miata mm. uh, to be competitive in spec Miata. Except for here. Here's Justin one. Hilly. I know. Justin's, yeah. Justin's, yeah. He has the track record with yep. it. It is. And, but here's the thing. You have to have clear track in front of you to do that. Yeah, mm. makes sense. So as soon as you have the little bits of traffic, torque yeah. rolls, right? Yeah. You probably know this in your car as well, right? You need a clear track. S2000 is the same way. Yeah. S2000 needs clear track in front of it. Yeah. It can't run the same thing behind somebody as it can yeah, I get, in front. I got stuck behind a T4 car at the majors, and so I was four seconds The off. big thing this year for the 1.6 liter guys. SVRA. SVRA. Oh, that's vintage. right. It's eligible yeah. for vintage racing now. There's actually that. one guy here. Um, I, was running a spec Miata. That's awesome. I have, and like, I have yeah, a local a customer. I helped him um, put in a data system in yeah. a new 1.8 liter build that he did over winter. 
And his old car is a 1.6 liter. And I actually stopped by his place on the way up here. And I said, what are you going to do with the old car? It's, oh, SVRA. That's like, awesome. Oh, yeah. What how competitive it's going to be. It's all 1.6 liter cars, though. I mean... And in, in the East Coast, there's a SSM. I yes, think, that's is another a good way to do it. Class. Yeah, it's on but, but it's very, very regional. Right? Oh, so yeah. it's going to be an SVRA spec Miata class. Yes, like they're not tossing it up in some of the other like no. vintage races. They're going to have classes. their own. Oh, that's and cool. they told them, I think, if they bring at least thirty cars, they'll have their own run group. Really, that's really cool. And those cars are cheap. Yeah. Oh yeah. A one six is cheap, for like four or five grand sometimes, yes. right? Or usable, I mean. I mean that's yeah. what the guys at like nine four nine are doing out in California with yeah. their S three program. You guys ever been so. to an SVR event? I have not. Actually, no. I was at. I spectated one at Gingerman like when I was eighteen. SVR or VDSCA or whatever. Yeah, I I've been to one down um, in Florida at Sebring, and for me, being kind of a vintage guy, I like vintage cars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a candy store. Yeah, really cool. Oh, What's I the mean, racing like it's something like that varies very widely. Yeah, I believe that. Is yep. SVRA run the MIDI? Who uh, runs the MIDI? I'm not sure. Uh, okay, might no, be. I, th- I can't remember. I forget. I can't remember now. There are but. there are several different uh, vintage mm-hmm. yeah, but that'd be kind of interesting around the country. To be interesting, but you know you've got you know old McLarens, mm-hmm. you know Can Am cars, so much varied, and, and Spec Miatas, Triumphs, and, <laughs> and now you have Spec Miata, which is gonna be really funny. Um, yeah, that is weird. Those are almost thirty years old. Oh man! So it's gonna be interesting to see if um, if that really blows up. But yeah. I think it will because because there's so many of those one point six liter cars sitting yeah. around, and, yeah. and they're just yeah. not competitive enough. Yeah, you know. And if they're running against themselves, it should be great. That's that would be fun racing. It definitely will be the cheapest way to go SVR racing, though. Yeah, I believe that. There's some million dollar builds at those things. I um, even heard uh, potential rumors of some uh, Mazda support really? for this first year, so it may cool. be even cheaper to go SVR racing. That's pretty smart on SVRA's part. It's, it really seems like a brilliant move. They like, need to do like some short videos of stories of people like taking one six Miatas. Maybe out of mothballs. Yeah, that'd be fun. I was going to say, if, if only there was a guy hard, so. who, who had, had a lot of time, time in an hands. ambulance to drive around the country, yep. oh, it'd be perfect because we're saving the lives of the spec Miatas. Isn't there a big... Uh... <laughs> that's right. The, that's what you need the ambulance for. <laughs> Isn't there a big uh, SVR vein out to like Laguna or something? I'd pro- uh, probably. Run, the Monterey Storks. Uh, what is that? Is that... Oh, that's during... That's during um... Is that its own thing? I think it's its own thing. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know I'm not sure, but There's I do so think I do think they have a big they call event. Adam Carolla. He would know. I think they do have a big event out on the West Coast, so you should definitely hit that up and check yeah. out how the Spec Miatas are doing. Cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, vintage. Maybe I can find stuff. someone to let me rent one. You know, one thing I am SBRA definitely racing. jealous of the West Coast is the uh, the Super Miata guys. Yeah, that sounds like such a cool I, series. I I would totally be doing that if yep. I was out there. I you, can't you should fly out. We'll find a car for I, you to I rent. I can't wait to see it come this mm-hmm. way. I think it's a great class. Yeah. And the things that Emilio talks about, he's been through all the spec classes. He knows all those things. Yeah. And he he's speaks. dominated all those things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, he over-engineered all those things. Right? So he knows yeah. the way it works. And he knows what it takes to have close racing. Yeah. And that that I worry about it as it expands, if it can keep that level. Because right now, he's at all the events, right? He can see everything that happens. He can, you know... Really keep tabs on everything. Yeah, it's more. I have like a lot a of respect for dictator that. Dictator now than a committee. And a committee right? Can yeah. Really mess things up. It, really? I should know. Really? Any, anybody who's been on a committee <laughs> yeah. knows what a committee is like. And I actually kind of got burned out on SEC a little bit back in the day I'm when I was burned out on it because I'm on a committee. When you when you stepped out to take that uh, announcement, um, we were talking about the birth of Touring Three. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was one of the instigators and one of the people oh, that T3. helped write the rule set for Touring Three. Yeah. And so I had a lot of SCCA involvement back in the day. And 
I don't understand why people think that being involved with the rules committee means that they should then be able to create an advantage for themselves. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And I, I'm like... It's it like it's even on the SD committee. If pretty I good, if I go like, win a race where I know I have some clear advantage over everyone else, mm-hmm. I have zero satisfaction in that. Yeah, seriously. I'm sorry. The same thing. Yeah. Like if you have some cheater part, mm-hmm. I can't imagine why those guys get any satisfaction yeah. of winning when they know they have something yeah. illegal on their car. I've always thought it'd be interesting if if you're on the committee, if you weren't allowed to actually participate in the class. That's kind of how we do. That's what yeah. That's what Abrams doing. Yeah. It, it is it is difficult then keeping. Strong enough tabs on what's going on if right. you're not involved. Yeah, you have that's, to. You, you have get to find if you get too right much people. distance, yeah. then you don't really know what's going on. Right. That's the, that's, that's the have, hardest thing because it's the perfect scenario. It's always the people involved in it that care the most about it and yeah. are willing to put the most into it. Right. So it's kind of a catch twenty two situation. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's all, almost like part of what I do with racing because I can't race that much because of this. Right. And it's part of your way to be involved. Um, and uh, and my car was always like, well, my car's not going to be crazy competitive. It's low budget build, right? Um, but it, it, some of the requests you get, it's all, it's a lot of me, 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 I can't, I can't. And everybody thinks they're trying 100%. Uh, it's a strange thing to try to balance a class, you know, until people have really seen a hundred percent effort. They don't understand. You gotta, you gotta see the runoffs. You gotta see yeah. national championships, you know, yeah. uh, the effort that goes into some of these builds and some That's of these That's like, drivers. like PT stuff with Emilio, like going back to that, you know, a lot of people thought they were prepped for PT classes. No. But then, you know, somebody comes out with a fully, fully prep There's car. a lot of barn doors in PT. Yeah. And uh, he, he found them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's smart. Well, it is. Terry, Terry Fair is good with that, too. It is. But, thought. you know, um, doing that stuff, too, isn't cheap. Yeah. And that it kind of, you know, gets away from the spirit, if you will. So much but, time. So but it's, much but it is, But it is within the rules. Yeah. And so um, it definitely is helpful to have some folks like that on your rules committee. You know what I mean? Because they know what they would do. They know how they yeah. would exploit it. And if they are if they are non-self-serving and are in the interest of keeping the racing close, yeah. they know what to do to make that right. Maybe so, you should join some rules committees. It's not that fun. Super not fun at all. <laughs> no. It, yeah. I, I, I've, heard, I've never been on you know the actual committee that has the 9 p.m. conference call that goes to 2 a.m. in the morning. It but I, I've heard stories about it from you and, and Greg and other guys and – I I don't think I would have the patience for that. It uh, that's I, where my non people person yeah. attitude would start to a, come in. I use it as a, a night to work on the car. I just put it on mute and I check oh. it when I can. There you <laughs> go. It's a good night to work on the car. Yep, and it gets your mind in the right spot. But, that's one way to do it. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but it's a huge. It makes you look at it makes you look at rules writing from a completely different perspective. You yeah. have to look at all the things and what what was that? What would that truly mean if what we made Scott that change? What would Scott Tucker do? Exactly. Yeah, right. Every single call. <laughs> you know, um, ironically, uh, Scott Tucker was one of the drivers that I worked with when I did the season of really? uh, Grand Am Data Coaching. Okay. Really? So yes. we're looking for level five or? No. Um, the the season we did for Grand Am Coaching was with APR. Okay. They had three GTIs in ST class, and me and Greg uh, split the events for the data hmm. coaching. Um, they had six drivers. Um, Randy Popes was one of the drivers uh, at that time, and Mark White. I'm still good buddies with both those guys. I see him on a regular basis. And then um, uh, Ed Zabinski and Scott Tucker were in another yeah. car. And then uh, Ian, Ian Boss and um, some different guys floated through that car with him. It's um, a pretty stacked team, though. It was. But it was awesome to have six drivers to compare data with. Usually oh, I, Randy I was imagine. the fastest guy. I mean, yeah. 
most often he was the fastest guy. Um, That's a lot of drivers in similar cars. Yeah, it is. But the funny thing is, like um, Scott was just using for extra track time, <laughs> just having fun. So just more seat time. So if if the ST race was after his whatever IMSA. It wasn't IMSA back then, but whatever higher class he was racing, you know, in the prototype car or the um, some other higher level car, he wouldn't be there. Yeah. They'd have the car on the grid, and he'd never come. So he'd use yeah. it as like a warm up. Yeah, he just used it for extra track time. Huh. Once he did the race that he cared about, on the jet, gone. So it's such a different lifestyle, isn't it? I guess he was tuckered He'll, out, huh? Oh, yeah, man, oh no. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, it, it's uh, good one right there. <laughs> someone almost needed to be like his reserve driver just to. Yeah. Just to go drive when he didn't want to show up. It's yeah. like, You're like over there, like waving your hand, me, 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 prepped, me, ready to me. go. Just, just, just double that wristband, man. Let's let's oh, get man. matching suits. <laughs> it, it was really tempting. There was definitely a lot of seat time, race time that That's cool, went man. unused because huh. of that. interesting uh, group to work with back then. Too. It was that would be interesting. Yeah, and um, you know, working uh, with Mark White, um, we've stayed friends over the years, and Mark White runs a really cool Porsche shop in Madison, Wisconsin called Akimoto. Huh. Oh, I've heard of that, yeah. And um, one, back then, um, you, you know, they've gotten much bigger over the years, but the thing they've done the past couple of years is they've started to do these um, custom builds. Mm-hmm. And they're, they, 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 I don't know what his official name for him is, but basically they're Akimoto builds. Mm-hmm. And they, they're individual serialized builds. Like, you'll have another plate next to the Porsche VIN plate, and it says Akimoto number really? one, mm-hmm. Akimoto number two. So these like street builds or are yeah. they? Okay. Yeah. So um, Akimoto has kind of led a revival of, um, I forget which class. There's like different stock classes. Maybe it's D stock or E stock. I actually did a, uh, a write-up um, about Akimoto. For, um, for flat sixes? For or? flat sixes. Okay. And so I went through a lot of the details. I don't remember them all off the you've top been, of my head. You've been getting into the Porsche stuff a lot I have. lately. And I, and I, I want to say that um, Mark was kind of one of the beginnings of that because he was a big Porsche guy, and we talked a lot, and I went to his shop in, in, in Wisconsin and whatnot. So he was a big factor in me getting more into Porsches, kind of more away from BMWs a little bit. And then I've got a buddy just about 30 miles south of here, uh, Jeff Brubaker at uh, Craftworks Performance. Between those two guys... I don't think I would have gotten into Porsches yeah. the way I have without them. I certainly wouldn't own a Porsche without Jeff because there's some strange and different magic going on in that thing. Yeah. And if I don't want to work on it, I take Which, it to Jeff. At Hyperfest last year, you were telling me the story about your 911 and how, you know. Yeah, that, that, that it, doesn't It was happen. an interesting story. Did we, tell them, did we tell everybody he has a 911? We, we, I uh, think so. We didn't quite get that far yeah, in the car know. list. What? The car list is too long. They're all over the place. purple, cool ladies looking things. Yeah, it never, or... it, we didn't make it to the end of the car list yeah. because uh, you know, it was just too long. But yeah, I have an 84 911, and it was actually uh, belonged to my Specky 30 teammate's father. Mm-hmm. And um, as he got older, he, was, he, bought, he bought it new in 84. And as he got older, he was driving it less and less. And... I think he had his eyes on a bigger boat, and so he wasn't using he wasn't using the nine eleven, and yeah. he didn't really want to be hassled. Buy with... a boat. <laughs> well, like he already that, had that boats. meme. He, he, he has sailboats. Yeah. So I think he was looking at a bigger sailboat. Yeah. But uh, I don't think he wanted to be hassled with trying to sell it. No, he didn't want to keep a whale tail. He wanted to have a boat to watch whales. With. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I ended up buying that car, and I at the time I was totally not looking for a nine eleven. I, I wasn't. That was the first one. When was this? Um, probably five years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say it was when we were on the same forum, and I think I yeah. remember you talking about it. Yeah, it was about five years ago, and right uh, before it exploded, right, right before the nine eleven market just totally, poof. totally. Yeah, stroke, that was a good yeah, time to buy. <laughs> totally stroke of luck. 
And, uh, you know, I, I go to look at the car, and um, I had in my mind that I didn't want to buy a black, red, or maybe even silver Porsche. Mm. Like, those are the ones you see all the time. If I'm going to buy a Porsche, I want to buy something that's not one of those colors. Yeah. And at the time, I was looking for the right 944 Turbo. And I'd driven a couple, and that's kind of what I was looking for. And my teammate, Sean, he's like, well, you know, my dad's been talking on and off about selling his car. I don't know if it's something you'd be interested in. It. Sean's got like size 15 feet or something. He can't fit in it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't fit in it, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy it. Uh, so I, his dad, luckily, is here in Ohio, and I'm like, well, I should at least go look at it. Definitely and I, should. And I go to look at it, and huh, it's got no sunroof. Yeah. Rare. Huh. It's got sports seats. Mm-hmm. Rare. Huh. It's not black, red, or silver. It's not black, red, or silver. Yeah. Huh. It's got factory LSD. It's a pretty good car. I love that box. Huh. So much, too. It's in a non-standard color. It's an individual. Yeah. Or exclusive. Really? Sorry, exclusive. So the way it worked out is his dad originally looked at the cars back in 82 or 83 when the 911 SC was still out. Mm-hmm. And he didn't actually buy a car till 84. And that was the first year for the... Uh, Bosch, you know, fuel injection. Actually, yeah, Bosch Motronic, mm-hmm. complete fuel injection system. They were all mechanical fuel injection yeah. before that. It was the first year for the EFI. And they didn't offer the color anymore that he saw before and wanted. On the SCs. That's right. Yeah, because yeah, it's a color you kind of see sometimes, but... Um, it's, Not often. Yeah, it, it's what is it? Kind yeah, of like I think a, it was. A, I think it was a color in '82. Okay, okay. And yeah, so I've seen it in the color before. Yeah, it's wine. The color is called wine red. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a, a cranberry. Like a burgundy. It's burgundy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's let's just let's just say in what it is. Some lights, it almost looks brown. It's, when you it's burgundy. <laughs> However, in the lighting, it changes dramatically. Yeah. It's metallic, isn't I, it? I, I, yes, yeah. very, very heavy metallic. I love the car in the evening. Yeah, that it's just the color in the evening. Is, when you're supposed to drink wine, man. It's just yeah. absolutely the best. It's yeah. just all. Oh. But at the time, I went to go see it in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, burgundy? I know I, said I, color. I know I said I wanted something that wasn't black or red, but burgundy? So I almost didn't buy the car because of the color. That would have been such a bad financial oh, decision. And, and did I mention the car had 42,000 miles on it? It's <laughs> ridiculous. All stock, all original? 100% original. Yeah, that's so cool. 100% original. But driven and maintained and everything? Yep. You didn't have to do a ton of things to it? Take it, a mil- take it he, apart and spend he a drove it. With shifter bushings? He drove it a lot the first couple years, and um, then not so much after that, because, you know, in those old Porsches, the AC doesn't work so great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so when I when I got it, um, when I looked at it, the radio didn't work, the AC didn't work, shifter was a little vague. It's like, well... I called my buddy Jeff on the phone. I'm like, the car is really nice, but it's it's burgundy. It's burgundy, Jeff. <laughs> Can't see it in the sun, goes, man. But Jeff Jeff has been around the Porsche scene for a long time. Yeah, he's got some very beautiful uh, 930s and a bunch of other nice cars. And he, thank goodness, I had Jeff to talk to because number one, I would have never gone after a 911. Mm-hmm. It was Jeff's influence that said you should go look at the 911 and i would have walked away from that car if i hadn't have been able to talk to jeff on the phone while i was like he's like bring it to my shop i'll do a ppi on it we'll make sure it's you know make sure it's an okay car pre-purchase inspection for and luckily because you know it was my my uh my teammate's daddy was fine with me taking the car an hour away to a shop and And leaving it there for a day 
Yeah, and so I, I was able to get a decent test drive in and all that stuff. And Jeff did the inspection. He's like, you have to buy this car. You have to buy this car. <laughs> there I is love not, enabler friends. Not a thing there wrong. Is, this car doesn't leak a drop of oil. Yeah. This car still has yeah. not leaked. That's the way my dad. All, that's the way my dad's eighty four is. They still. all leak oil, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Eventually, my dad. But this car still doesn't leak any oil. My dad's had his eighty four nine eleven since ninety three. We've he had to put an ECU in it. That's it. Never done a gasket or anything like that. Nope. Wow, that's, that's it. Yeah. Impressive. So, anyway, that's how my Porsche nine eleven story started. Yeah. You gonna keep it for a while? I, I I hope to keep it forever because I know if I sell it, I won't ever be able to get another one because of what the market has done. Yeah. It's just exploded. You'd make money on it, but then for well, what? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. For what purpose? If you wanted the, and, the 911, you know, yeah. People ask me, oh, is it awesome to drive? I'm like, no. Not really. Yeah. No. It's got a lot of character, though. That's that's what it is right it's there. It's got a that, ton that of character. That is the answer. Yeah. Is it doesn't drive like anything else on the road, yeah. and it has a ton of character. It's uh, involving to drive. Like, like s- you cannot... Just forget about what you're doing and yeah. go to shift the car. Yeah, the I shifter think, does not self-center. It's wherever you let go, that's where that's it where stays. Yeah, that'd be freaking. <laughs> so you can't be distracted and shift. You will yeah. grind the gears. And the clutches are stiff, and they come up it's from the floor instead of hanging down. Yeah, cable shifter. You know, bottom mount pedals. Oh, it sounds so perfect. It's really cool. It's, so for much. me, it's really hard to heel toe them. Yeah, it's you, really hard you, you for need me. To see my car. I have like a um, three quarter to an inch spacer that just oh, really? put on my gas pedal. Nice, mm-hmm. perfect. Now, yeah, because the pedal's the like way down. Do you really? <laughs> so ghetto. Yeah, the gas pedal is like stupid low compared to the brake. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how okay. it's like. You have to be like you know double jointed. You have to be like threshold braking. To yeah, be that's able the to only. The that's throttle. the only time you can hit the gas. Yeah. You can't. You can't drive it in a normal way. Stuck so it's a real driver's car. Yeah, but you know, threshold brake and it goes achievement unlocked. I'm so glad <laughs> that I bought that car, um, not only because of what it's done in value. I mean, it's doing better by 401k, right? But that's that's a nice side bonus. But it's um, it really kind of opened up to me the world of vintage cars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, earlier we talked about kind of my theory of what makes a fun street car. The other thing is vintage cars because, um, you know, you drive an older car with 205 tires or whatever, and it moves around. Mm-hmm. Right, it doesn't just do whatever you tell it to. You know, you, don't, you have to think about driving it. It's involving. It's mechanical. The yeah. the uh, you know the steering wheel effort. Even when it was power steering, Porsche's not not power steering, but the E twenty eight is. It's power steering, but it's not the same level of power steering yeah. Yeah. that you're used to today. Right? It's not a Civic. It's it's not uh, just a nice brand new car. It's, no, it's you remember so, every every little thing about it when you drive yeah. it. Now. When I'm taking a cross-country road trip, yeah, it was fine. Let's take the white Civic, right? Yeah, yeah. We're driving to Florida, yeah, take the Civic, right? But on my daily commute, I love driving vintage cars, yeah, and yeah. I love driving convertibles because that's that's the type of drive I have, and it's just so involving. And people kind of like, well, I, you know, yeah, it's cool. It's vintage. It looks cool. But they're like, oh, it's hard to drive. Or, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if somebody's taking a picture or what, but. <laughs> There's a lot happening here. Right yeah, now. yeah. There's a lot going on. I'm but yeah, it's a lot so, of barbecue and vape smoke also. Yeah. <laughs> so I've really gotten into having older cars, and the only thing bad about that is salt in Ohio. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that means there's about six months a year where yeah, you don't want to touch it. Yeah. I, I just have to find homes, and because of the if you want to send count, one out next winter, I'll watch it for you. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there. I, I've I don't know if you if you've gotten to know the guys at Honda very well since you've been out Doug? there. Doug and Derek. I've met him. Um, Brian Gillespie at uh, at Hasport introduced me. Um, 
Derek has this wicked. I don't even know what size. If he's, I think he's currently K twenty four or K twenty. Is it the Elise? Supercharged Elise K twenty. I've seen it. I've seen it rolling around Torrance, which is you know right right next to the town I live in. He he lives he lives over by the beach, and um, that's one of those cars too where I said, Derek, when you're tired of it, let me know. Let me know. I don't want to drive it because I don't really really want it. But if you get tired of it, even if you just want to have it go away for a year. I'll, I'll pay to ship it out. You want to be a babysitter? Like, I'll, I'll Jeremy babysit. doesn't. Jeremy doesn't like shop for cars anymore. He yeah. like handpicks specific ones. That's like, yeah, when you want to, when you need to get rid of that, let me know. Well, you know, um, that's the other thing too is when you get starting to get into these unique cars, you will get people that literally say, okay, yeah, when you're me. ready to sell that, yeah, I want you to call me. Yeah, those are the best kind of friends. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's nice to know that you have a built-in yeah. buyer list. Like yeah. my wagon, right? It's kind of a unicorn, two-wheel drive. Manual, no wood. Sport package? Sport package. E46 wagon, HK sound. The only thing it doesn't have that I wish it did was it was HIDs. Mm. But otherwise, it's perfect. And it took six months to find. Yeah, that's not a car you're going to see all the time. Well, and the only reason I, I was able to buy it like is because at the time when it was for sale, um, the cruise control didn't work. Mm-hmm. And the owner, nice guy, lives out in Washington State, um, he he had done European delivery with the car. He had a couple oh, yeah, yeah. single guy. He had like three or four cars, so didn't have a ton of miles. And he had taken it to the dealer when it stopped working. And the dealer said, "Well, worst case, it's the ECU. That's fourteen hundred bucks, you know." And so everybody who would come to look at this car, which is like probably two thousand ten ish. Okay, so it's still relatively new when you bought it. Two thousand ten. Yeah, I think about 2010, maybe 2009. And it was a 2001. It had 45,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. So very desirable from a mileage standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody who came to look at the car, he's like, well, everything's good. I just got to tell you about this one thing. And that scared everybody away. Really? Yeah. Adam's like cruise that, control. That's, who needs that? That's the only reason I was able to even get a chance to um, buy the car hmm. was because he'd had it for sale for a little while. And everybody who came to look at it, was scared off. Nowadays, that might not be a problem with an E46, but like back then, they were just new enough. Maybe. So anyway, I had been looking for a car like this for six months, literally for six months. Because, you know, that spec of car was never something the dealer ordered. Mm -hmm. Everybody who had that spec of car special ordered it. And it was probably the right owner for a car you wanted, too. Right. So the reason, here's the deal. There was none of those cars for sale with less than 90,000 miles on it people driving them. like they were rarer then they're even rarer now right so yeah. people people special ordered those cars because that's what they wanted so they kept them forever yeah so finding one with less than a hundred thousand miles it was like hen's teeth yeah that's pretty good yeah. you know what i mean and then miles are on it now? 163 you wheel that thing on on the way to here it, yeah. on, on the trip up here this morning 163 oh, yeah be glad you didn't buy one with an smg1 transmission no, no i would have never done that <laughs> So he had to drag it out of you his, know what you know what that uh, thirteen hundred dollar ECU problem ended up being thirty five dollar clutch switch. Oh really? Clutch That's switch. it. Yep, thirty five dollar clutch. Wouldn't the dealer switch. just toss that in? So and it, say, so Here's what? It, it thought the clutch he, was in all the time. He didn't, so he didn't want to pay the dealer to plug it in. Really? He didn't care about it because he lived in like Seattle or whatever. He's like, I don't use cruise. Yeah, I use it like once yeah, a year. That's where that. that other low mileage wagon came from that I drove back for Jason. Really from Seattle? Yeah, it was out of. Or it, was, it spent its life in Seattle, but it, it ended up being out in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, so he lived on one of the islands in the middle there. Huh. I forget which one, but he had a place like 
over the mountain range. And uh, that's the only time he'd use mm-hmm. the, the cruise. He had, like, the nose mask for it whenever he took it on the highway. And so it was when we got it, it was really, really that's pristine. That's the owner you want to buy from. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, that dude on my and he had a Jeep car. that he used whenever the weather was bad. Yeah. And he also had, a, uh, a, I think, a Boxster that he did European delivery on. So he's totally the kind, the right kind of guy to buy a car from. Mm-hmm. And ended up having the car shipped out because I didn't have no vacation to go racing and drive the car back from, from Oregon. Yeah. Or Washington State, sorry. And, uh, yeah, I, I would have liked to have done that drive, though. I think it would have been nice. But mm-hmm. I wasn't especially ready to do it when knowing that the cruise control didn't work. That, yeah, there's a lot of boring Nebraska yes. between here and there. Yeah, so we ended up shipping it. Yeah. And uh, the shipping company ended up scraping up the front bumper, Ugh. taking it on and off the truck. And so they ended up having to repaint that, which, you know, luckily they did. But, you know, I don't know how much experience you have with paint, but non-OEM paint just never, never, the same. never holds up. Never the same. Never holds up the way it does. Unless no. you just have the one in a so, thousand paint guys, it's, it's impossible. X number of years later, 120-some thousand miles later, uh, if my wife and I both say it's our favorite car ever, if we could only ever have really? owned one car, that is the car. It's not fast. Yeah. It's not slow. It's fun to drive. Mm-hmm. It's got utility. Nice enough inside. It's peppy. But something it's about a good wagon, wagon, man. It's it's quiet enough. Yeah. You should um, really try a wagon out, Adam. Should I've never owned a wagon. Wagons rule. Yeah. I've never owned a wagon. My, uh, I, I always my, after them. The, the next best thing to a wagon is a hatch. Yeah. So you've I've been there. Plenty yeah. of those. You've been there. So just a hatch. Yeah. Hatch plus. Yeah. Another, hatch XL as a wagon. Another good former car that I loved as a as a daily driver was my '95 Si yeah. hatch. Another car you could beat on, floor it. Just fun enough. Just fun enough. Nimble, light. Don't put big tires on it. Yeah. Keep the little tires on it. Have fun. Car moves light around a little fun, bit. Light is fun, man. Light is a good time. You, you mentioned light a couple times, and uh, that's kind of my next, I don't know what you want to call it, but the, the car that I, I think in my head that I want, but and I think about it and I talk myself out of it, I'd really like to do like a Lotus 7 type replica. Street car or race car? Street car. Not a track car. Which anymore. makes completely no sense at all. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just kind of scary. those basic. But think about my commute. Yeah. I have yeah. to worry more about deer. Then I that's have true. to worry about that's anything true, else. Yeah. Honestly, that's... Yeah, that thing's so low, you could probably go right under the deer. Just fly right over. <laughs> Take one under the belly. <laughs> but I, I I have this thing built up in my head about driving a car that's that slight and how it would feel. And I'm almost worried to drive one and afraid that it wouldn't mm-hmm. live up to my expectations. Would you wear a bomber helmet and goggles and have a f- like scarf flapping in the wind? I, I think I'd, I'd totally just see go that. no windscreen and just wear a helmet just like you're on a bike. It'd be a forward I'm bike. A, I'm about to pick up a thing uh, from Gingerman Raceway. I've heard about something. It's a Fraser Clubman. Yeah, most, re- most Fraser Clubmans are Lotus Seven replicas. I want to race. This it. is one with a sports racer body in it. Yeah, I think I want to put a Lotus body on it. I want to race it. it I, I'll fit. Yeah, I want to track it. I'll fit well. I think it could be better if I change cage around and stuff. But, so yeah. I think like a car like that is in my future at some point or another. Yeah. Um, it seems stupidly impractical and so dumb. It's perfect. The dumbest. Uh, I, I would I even drive it to work? I, I don't know. But life's too short for boring cars, man. That, that's exactly the truth. That's why you buy ambulances and you buy RVs and you buy. We are, you know, after, we are a bunch of dumb MFs. <laughs> did you guys tell anybody we're actually recording the RV? But uh, being in the RV, I uh, definitely makes me want an RV. Man, when I get it's the nice. trim done and stuff in here, this thing's gonna look classy. Like this is a like really basic one, and it's nice right now with the yeah. good weather. Just having the windows open. It this is what California feels like all the time. Suck. I want to live in this. I, I think my wife is already. Um, like in the RV idea. Yeah. So my my wife had a surprisingly good time just driving to Michigan and back on Sunday. Like 
they're just fun to hang out in. It is. My three-year-old thinks it's the coolest, and she fell asleep immediately. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah, yeah. It was. A, it was. A, it's. They're fun to just even go get lunch in. Like it was a good time. So. Even like waking up in it today, just being right at the track, knowing that was so you know. Nice. Yeah, it was. And we weren't in a tent. Yeah, all their yeah. stuff can just stay in here too. So. No, I I uh, I can definitely see myself having an RV someday. Um, we love vacationing at national parks and that yeah, kind of thing. We have a truck, right? I do for the race car. Yep. Yeah, you should get a just a truck camper. Try it out. It has um, a used one. Used ones are pretty cheap. They don't I mean, lose any if value. You, if you clean it up, you almost never lose any money. Yeah. Out of it. And you can still tow yeah. with it. A po- you know, a it really it would be in. it'd be this size. Yeah, slide in truck. Camper. My, my wife might have a minimum amenities requirement. They have showers and toilets. They make I mean, huge. Ones. They have showers, toilets, full kitchens. I looked at those for a while. The only problem for me would be like. I'd have to use my one work truck, and then you got to unload everything before yeah. work the next day. Yeah. And I'm always working on Monday. It's terrible. But, but really, that way you don't have to deal with any of the mechanical issues of actual RVs, yeah. which do pop up from time to time. You have your solid truck. Yeah. There's, and then there's you pluses and your... minuses to all of it. Yeah. The biggest minus is for the, something like this is well, you got to tow you, this thing. Where you keep it, too. If it breaks, you got to fix it or tow it. Yeah. And towing's not cheap. But no, yeah, you pretty much need to fix when it. When right? we got about 10, 15 miles away, my, I felt like I, uh, from here, yeah. on the way there, I felt like a new man We've all of a sudden. made it. Because it was like, we're getting there. And that when the, that's <laughs> when the roads <laughs> tomorrow, were... Tomorrow, that adventure starts all over again. That's when the roads were, get super skinny, too. Yeah. And yeah. like there were cars that were literally, they saw us coming down the road in the rig and would pull off like halfway in the grass going made down. large voyage was fun, <laughs> Well, I think we just recorded a long podcast. Yeah, that was fun. That, yeah, we're like an hour and uh, 25 minutes, and it goes by <laughs> quick, doesn't it? Yeah, half an okay. hour ago. I know. <laughs> I'll have to uh, be late to dinner, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll let you go. It was worth thanks it. for coming on, dude. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, where can people find out more about uh, about your business? Fasttechlimited.com. Okay. Fast, fast Tech LTD? Or no, or L-I-M. all spelled out. Okay. F-A-S-T-T-E-C-H. Okay. Limited, all spelled out. Cool. And, uh, you know, as you guys have questions about data over the over the years... Let me know what they are, and we'll have to try to do something. Maybe if you guys start uh, going into like a webcast, well, we, we've we can about actually doing more do videos a, this year. Yeah. We can do a uh, a web session where we actually yeah. look at some data and go over some stuff. Cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. Um, and maybe but, we can have people send their data in. Just bother you all day. Yeah, all day, every day. We've already ruined David Whitener's lives. All of the CRX people in the world want his shocks now. <laughs> He's turning people away. So. That's, a, that's a good position to be in, where you, you yeah. can decide what you want to do. Yeah. Well, there yeah, there you, will be a couple thousand people that hear this. So, yeah. And I expect at least one sale from all I, of them. I, I, want, oh, you, I, so. I want you to let us know how much web, web traffic goes up. I all, can actually monitor that. The, yeah, I, I want to know. Numbers that I really want to know. You um, might get 11 more com. hits this month. Yeah, I think when David Whitener sells 10 or 15 more sets of shocks, like, that's he owes a you. He owes you a butt. set at that point. No, I think it's like a big deal for him. <laughs> well, yeah, one, I think we're flooding him. Yeah. One nice thing about the, uh, the website is I have my calendar of events that I'm going to be at. Yeah, cool. So usually that's a big deal for people to want to see stuff and kind of see stuff in person. So I list all the events that I'm going to be at, whether it's, uh, you know, coaching or event I'm racing at. You know, I usually am running more than one system in the spec e30 just because different people want different types of data compared to yeah yeah, so i typically have an aim solo in the car and i typically have a uh, race technology dl Mm -hmm. one in the car so that you can use either type of data to compare stuff to um and it just helps people to see stuff as well but you know that's you also you have time like this when you're sitting around the track where you have time to chat about stuff and you know pretty much everybody who's interested in that kind of stuff needs to have some kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't just be buying something that you read something in description on the website mm-hmm. because there's a lot of ins and outs. And, you know, like I said, there may not be what you th- may think you want, 
may not be the right system yeah. for you. So it's well, it's it's nice to be able to help people find the right thing that suits it's, them. It's, and it's also nice to know somebody who hasn't just used one and he's biased against it. He's a lot of them. So. You, you do see a lot of that. Yeah. Like, oh, this is what I sell. It's the greatest thing since sliced mm. bread. Well, if, it's the, only, it rules. if yeah. it's the only thing you ever used, yes, it is the greatest thing. So if you've never used data and you get to use data, it's great. Harry's lap timer rules when you've yeah. never used data. So. Yeah, it's, it's great, but you get exposure to different things and you find out, oh, company A does this well, company B is mm. this way, so... Cool. We can help well, we'll people let you find, go to the, dinner and, find uh, the right source. Check them out at fasttechlimited.com. Thanks, guys. I look you've forward done to it. And you've used it. So That's right. Bother, bother yeah. Mr. Lucas about it. Yeah. So finally, after a year, like when I finally, you know, we started the podcast, the first time I'd seen you since we started the podcast was at VIR. Yep. Done at Hyperfest. Hyperfest last yep. year. Yeah. So really glad to finally be able to have you on the show because we right. were talking about it then. Yeah. Like, oh, you should come on the show. Yeah. Now, you, like a year later, we're there. Are you by chance going to be at the June Gingerman NASA event? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. You're going to be there. Maybe we'll do another one. Oh, you're going to be there? I'm hoping to race on a challenge. There we go. Oh, sweet. Uh, none of the, like, there's not a whole lot of things that work with my calendar this year, but, like, that one works. I'm going to I'm gonna so. text you the date for the pit race okay. because it's a joint it up, yeah. It's a joint event with Northeast. Okay. Nice. So it should be a pretty big on yeah. challenge turnout. Good. Cool. Good. Yeah. You know, drag Brad Adams yeah. out there. Brad Adams can talk his southern he, to me. Yeah, he way. was saying, he was complaining something about the toe being too long or something, but. Brad, come on. We have a house. Maybe he had to work we that weekend. And a two-car trailer. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, though, is he's, he's forgetting about the two-car trailer. Yeah, that's right, baby. You guys yeah. can make it happen. Yeah, we probably could. You can I sit bet, right here and drink beer while I you're driving. I basically towed his car's twin here today, so um, another B16. I think I saw the pattern. Yeah, yeah until it's but, uh, Yeah. Uh, speaking of grid life, sorry, one more thing before we cut <laughs> off here. It's funny how this goes, right? I'm really impressed with the wide variety of cars you it's guys a, have this here. This one's really wide. Yeah, especially yeah. with some I, of the Resto Mod guys. I have not seen this type yeah. of collection of really cars cool at an event out. in a long time. Really cool turnout. So. And it's really cool to see the complete cross-section yeah. of the market here. We really have like almost everybody that goes to the racetrack except for like formula cars here. Yeah, like, basically. Weird. Yeah. Anything, anything that's PT, not open-wheel. You know, SCCA wheel-to-wheel guys, vintage guys, uh and Optima Challenge guys, like crazy Resto Mod, yeah. 64 Falcons. That, that Falcon is unbelievable. Motors. Yeah. Do you see that thing I, I'm going to post up a picture of that Falcon. you looked underneath it as it went by. I think it's I think solid it's a solid axle. axle. And it's a, I think it's all custom two frame up front, too. The dude it, made it himself. It looks like it's it. Really it looks cool. mean. Yeah, I'll post so a picture mean. on Facebook. It's pretty cool. Yeah, There's a really couple cool. of really cool cars here. So, Yeah, and they're loud, too. Yeah. They go by, and I'm trying to hear what's going on on the radio. Yeah, and you can hear it from control when they're coming down the front straight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's been. A, we had a short day today, but it was an interesting day, and the cars were really fun to watch. So. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff here. You should uh, you should try to make a day a day trip up to one of our festival events. Yeah, you should come out and you see just how weird, yeah. how deep the worm. Or bring a goes. car, come out, come <laughs> out gets, and drive. It gets weird. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, or big, bring a helmet and we'll find a car for the you. The big to drive. events are fun, but they're busy. But yeah, this one's kind of chill. We can you know kind of hang out like us so. us sitting around the track at a grid life event at three o'clock. This doesn't happen. never happen. We we didn't even hardly record a Midwest festival. No. We had to do one at midnight because yeah. we were too busy the whole time. But. Yeah, I I don't know if uh, I would be a great midnight pit, uh, podcast recording because uh, depends on what you. How have. many beers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, it gets it. Last night well, we were just too tired. Maybe the one. midnight podcast would be okay, but the next morning. Would be a little rough, I think. Well, that's the great part about grid life. If you're not driving, yeah, you, know, yeah, you the, as a guest on the show, you can sleep in. Adam and I yeah. get to be up at like six, six in the morning. My Fitbit <laughs> I'm kind of so. programmed for a six a.m. wake up call. Yeah. No matter what, the yeah. weekend still wake up at six. 
Yeah, six do, o'clock on you vacation. Do it long enough for your body to fix you. Up, <laughs> yeah, you just, so. you just always we'll definitely come out, uh, come out and see us at one of the festivals if you can. Yeah. Awesome or, guys. Or we'll talk to you at uh, the Honda Challenge race. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thirty Honda Challenge there. Cool. Pit race will be Honda Challenge for sure. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, cool. uh, rate and review on iTunes and check out FastTechLimited.com. Yep. So. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jamie.